Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Welcome to Audacity Works. I'm your host, Rachel Strickland, and this is episode number 68. This is by request from Leisha the Kiwi. What's up, girl? How you doing? And she wrote in asking, how do you know what sets you apart? But first, tiny updates. So it is now this episode. I'm recording this in January uh, because right now I'm in Mexico co-leading a retreat with Jenny Tufts at Sweet Retreats. And look at that. This episode airs on Valentine's Day. So if you're into that kind of thing, happy fucking Valentine's Day, I guess. And if not, happy Wednesday. It's a great day. Me and Manflesh, we don't really do a thing. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're not even together right now. I'm in Mexico. He's in the United States. But we do kind of have a habit of getting each other just useful things as gifts by accident on Valentine's Day. Like, once on Valentine's Day, we had both forgotten about it because we don't really care. And he brought back uh, a set of gaskets for my stovetop espresso maker. And it was so romantic, actually, because he's like, I, I just noticed that you needed these. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. I totally need those. And I don't know where to get them. So surprise, surprise, sudden romance in my life. So however you celebrate it, or even if you don't, you know, good times. But uh, being February 14th, that also means that the waitlist for the Audacity Project is not only open, but it is closing next week. So I'm already out there loving on the waitlist. And if the Audacity Project is something that you've been interested in, you want to learn about it, you want to be in the know, the waitlist is definitely the place to be. So I will put that link in the show notes. You know where to go. So on to the main event. How to know what sets you apart. Alicia wrote this in to me um, on Instagram after episode number 65, which was about dealing with competition in small communities, to which my overarching advice was lean into what sets you apart and what makes you different. And naturally, you know, this was a brilliant question from Alicia following that up. So how do you know what sets you apart? And I want to thank her for that. Immediately, I got on my phone because, uh, you know, I was in the car. And I recorded a voice note that was like three minutes long. So apparently, I have some things to say about it. So let's talk about that. If, from, if you're trying to look at yourself or your work and what you have to offer and figure out what is it about you that's different, what sets you apart and... If it's not a super obvious answer, or maybe you just want to dig a little deeper, let's dig a little deeper. So my advice is to pay attention to what I'm going to call the blessed disagreements about you. Or perhaps, as James Olivia might say, James Olivia of Inquisitive Human on Instagram, a very wise human, um, perhaps they would say the ways in which you are disobedient. So how are you disobedient? What are the ways, what are your blessed disagreements? And by that, I just mean like, where do you dissent from what is commonly done? In what ways are you an aberration? 
It's a very literal definition of what sets you apart, but what are the ways in which you are an aberration or a deviation from the norm? This is actually coming up quite a bit because uh, in a guest episode that I just recorded a few days ago, I interviewed Ulrika Stork. And this episode airs in April. Ulrika was talking about how she found uh, the thing that sets her apart, her secret sauce, the thing that people ended up loving about her work. So it got her hired over and over and over again. And the way that she identified what that is was by paying attention to things that pissed her off about other people's work. Now, without giving you too many spoilers, because this episode is totally worth a listen, comes out in April, but um, one of the things that really sets Ulrika's performance work apart is gorgeous costuming. And she realized this by getting pissed off about the fact that, like, why weren't people putting effort into their costumes? She was like, this looks sloppy. I don't like it. I'm, I'm putting words into her mouth, but it was a really fun conversation. You'll see. But Eureka, she used her anger to stumble upon something that really set her apart from what other people were doing. So yet again, anger is such a useful tool. It gets such a bad rap because it's uncomfortable. It can take a lot of energy to process. And um, particularly, you know, women aren't supposed to express anger. We're not taught how to, how to filter anger in healthy ways. So yeah, it gets really uncomfortable. But when we do that work to make friends with our anger, oh my God, it's a useful tool. So useful. It's always a compass that's going to point us straight back to our value system. In Ulrika's case, she was pissed off looking at the presentations of her peers. Like, I don't, I don't like this. Where's the, where's the beauty? That pointed her right back to her value system, which was gorgeous presentation. So take a second to think about that for yourself. What are the ways in which other people's performances or other people's work pisses you off? What are you annoyed with? What are you tired of seeing? That's useful information. That's pointing right back at your value system. It's a good compass. So let's pay attention to that. That is a way in which you dissent. It's a blessed disagreement that you have with how things are done. Literally, it's something that sets you apart. Let's lean into that. And I don't know if you have noticed this, but there is this endemic amount of people-pleasing uh, that, that's happening, and it particularly affects humans who were socialized female. And this is not a surprise because people-pleasing is often a response to feelings of safety. And if you're pleasing to everyone, then you have a sense of safety. You're allowed to stay. The tribe will let you survive. Oh, it's, it's very understandable where it comes from. But I also think we could suspend our disbelief for a moment and consider the possibility that when we are experiencing people-pleasing, either we're receiving it or we're giving it, like whoever is doling out the people-pleasing, their sense of humanity has been compromised. Like someone who is locked into a mode of people-pleasing does not have full access to their humanity. Otherwise, we 
don't have full access to their humanity because it's limited, because they don't feel safe. And adding to that, the fact that usually people that I meet who admit to me like they have people-pleasing tendencies or they're recovering people-pleaser, these folks are extraordinarily wonderful human beings. And I can't help but wonder, like, what would the world be like if all the marvelously empathetic people-pleasers that you know suddenly didn't feel the need to be people-pleasers, but they really rebelled in favor of their value systems? What would that world be like? Because I think it would be fucking dope. So that's the first piece of advice I have, is to make friends with your blessed disagreements and to really give credence to the ways in which you're an aberration from the things that are commonly happening around you. Doesn't mean that those things are wrong, and it also doesn't mean that you are wrong, but it does mean that that is what's going to literally set you apart. So anytime that you find you disagree with what's going on or you see something that's happening and it's happening quite a lot, you're like, I don't like this. I don't think that this is the thing that I want to do. Let's celebrate that and lean into it more. I don't think that like a group of artists are typically the kind of people that I need to remind to lean into the things that make them different. But actually we do. We do need to be reminded because even within a community of people who are doing something differently, who are rebelling against a commonly tread path to forge their own path, still will need to be reminded. Even within a culture of rebellion, you can still rebel. I wanted to uh, tell you about an alumni of mine um, who was in the last cycle of the Audacity Project. Now, obviously, if you've been paying attention to art that is being made and performed and put on stage, lots of artwork is informed by personal experiences of trauma um, or personal identity. People have a lot to say, they've got stories to tell, and they put meaning into their work in these deep ways that are sometimes not accessible to the audience, but that's not really the point. But there's just like layer upon layer upon layer of this deep meaning, sometimes intensely personal meaning put into work. And I am no exception to that. But this one alumni, um, she wrote to me after the cycle and said that uh, she feels that the way that uh, she talks about herself and her work came off as superficial because it wasn't informed by any of those deep, meaningful things. And frankly, she just wanted to look cool and do cool shit and that she was fine with that. I wanted to learn how to play a new musical instrument just so I could do it really loudly in celebration in that moment. Because hell yes. Can we just appreciate for a second the strength of character that it takes to look at all of your peers creating work and your teacher, by the way, creating work a certain way and realizing it's just not interesting to you and you just want to do shit that's cool and that makes you happy and have fun. I think that is such a marvelous and valuable place to arrive at for an artist. And by the way, that is not 
unmeaningful at all. I mean, what could be more meaningful than your own joy? Because joy is an act of protest. So the student, she realized that uh, she felt a disagreement with what she saw happening around her regularly. And not, not that she didn't disagree, that she disagreed with it in the sense of, no, this is wrong, but just that it wasn't her and it wasn't what her work was going to be about. So I, I want you to understand something. This is for your lizard brain, okay? Because you all already know this, but I'm going to say it to you anyway, so that your lizard brain hears it. The work that you see happening around you is not a prescription for what your work should be. I'm going to say it again. Again, it's for your lizard brain, all right? The work that you see commonly happening around you is not a prescription for your own work. And that's what the student realized. Uh, and I just thought that that was incredible. And I was so um, moved that she shared it with me. And guess what? Now it's in a podcast. So we want to lean into what sets us apart, if that's something that we're really trying to do. One, we follow our blessed disagreements. Uh, what are the things that you just don't agree with? And that's going to point you straight back to your own value system. Oh, really, it's about what is interesting to you? What is fascinating to you? And you know what? Sometimes those questions are difficult to answer pain points are a lot more easy to define and to locate than pleasure points. That's why we have, that's why I've prescribed a reverse engineering of finding out what sets you apart is by following things that make you angry or things that you disagree with. Blessed disagreements or ways in which you're disobedient because pain points are a lot easier to identify than pleasure points. But you could do it the other way and just sit down and think about what thrills you, what is fascinating to you, what about your work gets you fired up, what are you so excited to dig into more, to really lean into, and just do that. And I am going to recommend writing these things down because when, you're, when you feel fired up about them, they can seem like they're always going to be top of mind. They're not. And you may need to reach for them from time to time. So put in a little note on your phone, write it in pretty handwriting and stick it up near your computer or your workspace or whatever. But you may need to know, like, what are the things that set you apart? What are you fired up about in your own work? And what do you want to lean into? Just have it somewhere so that you can get to it. And finally, as a last resort, just because it's fun to do, Here's something that you can do. You can think of three people whose opinions you trust. Very important quantifier there. Not just people that you think are fun or cool, but like people who have earned your respect. Think of three of those people. And then I'd like you to ask them what they think sets you apart. This information might be useless. They might have a really bad answer. Doesn't matter. It could be really useful. Either way, you will have an opportunity to test the fortitude of your own conviction and the fortitude of your own ability to self-validate. And if you really want to put something in your pipe to smoke, you can not only ask this, these three people what they think sets you apart and what they think your strengths are, but what they think your weaknesses are. And keep in mind, 
if you do this, you will need the fortitude to deal with the consequences. If it sounds like an exciting thrill, good, go for it. If it sounds like trouble, maybe wait a bit. I actually did this in college uh, with my three best friends, and it was very illuminating. I still remember their answers to this day. But do make sure that you respect them and also that they respect you because this is what I'm going to leave you with, okay? Never take a note from someone who doesn't like your work. I'm going to say that again because if you never listen to anything else that I ever say, please just hear me on this, all right? Do not take a note from someone about your work who doesn't like your work. Because someone who doesn't like your work will never like your work. And that's fine. That means you're onto something that's not their cup of tea and you should not be trying to please them in the first place. So if someone doesn't like your work, don't take a note from them. Uh, so if you do want to ask those questions of someone, one, make sure you like each other, you respect each other, and that they like your work. Kind of a little bit of a shorter episode today. Happy Love Day. Happy leaning into the things that, ch- that set you apart and having these conversations. And I hope that you'll tell me about them um, if you do decide to ask those questions. If you have future episode requests, you can always find me on Instagram at Rachel Strickland Creative or on Patreon at Rachel Strickland Creative. This podcast is powered by Patreon, and I want to thank all of my amazing patrons for standing with me, for supporting me, and allowing this and so much more that I do to exist in the world. It would not exist without you. Thank you. And don't forget that wait list is open for about another week and a half for the Audacity Project. So get thee to the show notes and don't go back to sleep. <laughs>